Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Put Around a Podcast, episode 101. We're just starting over. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Dan. And this is Danielle. <laughs> what do you mean we're starting over? We have a clean slate, episode 101, right? Like, we're not starting over, but we're starting afresh, right? What is that called? The peak end rule or fresh start rule or some psychology thing? Mm, now I want pecan pie. Mmm, pie. All right. Dan, what are we talking about today? This is a good episode for the sake that we don't get always to talk about like a short, sweet episode that's going to naturally come out. And today we talked about wedding party trends, things that I feel like 10 years ago we were not having the conversation about. And now we're seeing a lot more and it's awesome. Yeah. And this is one of those episodes that came from our Ringer Club. It was something that our group of Patreon members have been talking about and asking a lot of questions on. So we thought this is a perfect topic to expand on further. And one of the many reasons why we love our Ringer Club. So if you want to come in and join our Ringer Club, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, it is a great place to ask your questions, share in the community of conversation, and you can inspire future episodes. And we can talk about all these really great things that really matter to y'all. Sounds good. Let's do it. Planning a wedding is hard work, am I right? But you are not alone. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Events. I'm Dan Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros with a fork ton of experience sharing our best tips and tricks. And downright sensible advice for a wedding that feels good to you. Plain and simple, we got your back. Hey, Dan, are you ready? Let's do this. What the heck happened to spring? I feel like we were just in winter, and then all of a sudden we were in spring, and now here we are in June, and it's summer. Yeah, I mean, Christmas is either yesterday or tomorrow. That's all I know. That's <laughs> the rate at which time feels like it's flying, doesn't it? Yeah, we were just talking like we, meaning my wife and I, we were like, we have a vacation planned in August, and I kept saying, I'm not going to make it to August. And all of a sudden I was like, but August is literally like after next month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just the way this year is flying. I guess I also expected it to be more because of what 2020 was. I'm just like waiting for the normalcy and I'm just like looking forward to stuff rather than like being in the present. Ooh, that's an interesting concept for sure. With something we talk about here a lot is like you're always looking forward to the next thing that we're not really in the moment of the thing that's happening, though. I'm not a big fan of winter or spring as much as I am summer. I love summer. I love going to the pool. I love doing all those things. So that's like a good reminder for me to just slow down a little and cherish these final weekends where I don't have weddings yet. I just don't like March. <gasps> I feel the same, but Mike's birthday is in March. March is just brown. Yes, exactly. And it's muddy. One of the first things I ever told Mike when I found out his birthday was in March was like, mm, I'm not a big fan of March. And he was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so now it's the highlight of our March. Yay. Yeah. I mean, I can enjoy January and February because they've got snow and things are white and it's just cold and you want to be inside and it's just after Christmas and it's lovely. And then March is just brown because you're getting ready for color and there's no snow and it's just wet and brown. Yeah. So as we emerge out of brown and into summer, I don't know how to segue this into wedding parties. <laughs> this is just a very difficult thing that we've set up for. But we're talking about wedding parties today. Trends for 2021 and beyond. 
Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. This is one of those topics that doesn't feel like we have a lot to talk about, but as Dan is seeing on my notes here today, oh, do I have stuff to talk about? <laughs> Prior to this episode, she's like, I didn't really outline this much. There's only 1500 talking points that we have to go through. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot, but this is a really good one because this is something that we are both seeing Lots of couples just make their own, right? Like the typical, I need to have five bridesmaids and five groomsmen on either side and they can't be mixed up or any of that stuff is really getting changed. And it's kind of awesome. Yeah, I love it. I think we've seen a shift that has moved a lot faster over this past few years, more than any other years previously. But I do want to say to start, that as with all the conversations and the episodes that Dan and I have, we always try to be very inclusive of all couples. So as we share and talk about things today, that is really where we're coming from. And it kind of starts with the idea that the term wedding party, meaning the people you choose to stand on your side and support you and cheer you on throughout the wedding planning process and on the wedding day, the term wedding party is the now more inclusive term that we like to use. Previous term was like bridal party or bridal attendance, things like that. And the word bridal in general just automatically assumes that one of the partners is female and the other partner is not. And we know that that is not what all couples look like, nor should that be what they all look like. So we use the word wedding party because it's more inclusive of all couples and genders. Terms like honorary attendance instead of just automatically assuming that there's a maid matron of honor or a best man or even a man of honor or best woman. Honorary attendance is like a nice gender neutral way. Overall, we encourage you to call it what you want, but be more inclusive by getting rid of that term bridal party and using the wedding party term. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different stuff that you can switch out, right? It's VIPs, it's inner circle, it's best people getting away from such bride-centric language that just makes a whole lot of assumptions. And that's a great thing that's coming out of this because think about Wedding Wire. For a long time, it was the Bride's Choice Awards. And I think it was in 2017, they specifically says on their website that they made a change. Now they call it the Couple's Choice because they realized that they were not being inclusive towards all couples. So we're seeing that more and it's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. For sure. And I think as you look at like the past and the traditions of the past, if you read any book on wedding planning pre-2010, you're going to see a lot of talk about bridesmaids and groomsmen and your maid of honor and your best man and your flower girls and your ring bearers. And there is nothing wrong with any of those roles. Those are still very common today and perfectly acceptable. But I find that those older resources just rarely took into account LGBTQ plus couples or wedding parties that didn't necessarily fit into that specific mold. So I'm really excited that we're seeing more couples bend the rules to better suit them in 2021 and going forward. Actually, one of the things that I was thinking about is in episode six, when we had the publisher of GayWeddings.com on, Catherine Hamm, she talked a lot about how when she got married and many other gay couples over the last decade, I guess, really didn't have their own 
way of getting married. They didn't have the same traditions that a lot of straight couples had, right? So they were able to trailblaze and create their own traditions and have more flexibility and do whatever they wanted. So I think that's a lot of where I see this coming from as well with my same-sex couples that are getting married is that we can all take a lesson from them and being more inclusive and challenging some of the traditions that we typically see on just a regular everyday basis. For sure. And I think everybody has different challenges or hurdles when they're thinking about who they want to include in their wedding party. And one of the things you had mentioned earlier, Dan, was uneven sides. And I think that's a good starting point because we honestly get this question quite a lot, especially when we do our Wedding Tip Wednesday series on Instagram. And the question is like, my partner has five people. I only have three people. What should we do? Y'all, you do not need an even number of friends. It really doesn't matter. I kid you not. I had a wedding 2013, I think it was, 15 groomsmen, two bridesmaids. See, there you go. And honestly, just take the word wedding out of it. And why is there the expectation that each partner have an equal number of siblings slash cousins slash former roommates slash friends from school? Like, what are the odds that that would be an evenly matched up number? It's got to be for pictures, like the symmetry of it, or I don't know, maybe just that it looks nice. I think it's just an old tradition. I think back to when our parents' generations were getting married, it was just a very common thing to have this even thing. But I will dig my heels in on the fact that I don't want you to choose people who wouldn't otherwise be part of that wedding party just to make it even because I'm willing to bet that more often than not, that person feels it. They know that, oh, I'm the bonus add-in to walk down with Charlie or Sue, right? <laughs> I'm that person in this situation. Because at the end of the day, most guests do not notice or care if things are uneven by the small handful of people. And even if it's really uneven, like the wedding that Dan was talking about, you can still have it look balanced in photos with just a little bit of creativity or like breaking some other rules, not even breaking rules, just doing what makes sense to you. I think one thing is like, you could just have one person from each of your quote unquote sides stand or have no one stand at your ceremony and just have the rest of your group sit in the first or second row. It doesn't matter quite as much as maybe you think it does in the grand scheme of things. And if it is taking up space in your head, please, you know, you have our permission to like, let that worry go. Yeah. In the long and short of it, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, there was a couple jokes obviously made about the groom who had 15 groomsmen over this bride who had two, but he was a super likable guy. He's like, I just can't make the decision. They're all my best men, blah, blah, blah. But I don't even think that all 15 guys stood up there with him at the ceremony, it was just the best man and maid of honor, which is what that couple called their special people, who stood next to them. So there wasn't even a point, except for in pictures, where everybody was standing together. And even then, I just literally told them the crowd around the couple, and that was it. Right. But it's their pictures. Like, it's their people. If you took that photo that had 15 groomsmen and two bridesmaids, and then there was like 13 random other people in it, that photo wouldn't have meant as much to them as it did with having just their pared down 17 math people <laughs> in there, right? Yeah. When Rachel and I were getting married, we had five on each side. So it's the opposite as well. Like we cut it short 
because we could have each had seven, eight, ten on either side because we've got people that close, but we kept it really short for a multitude of reasons, right? Like it was mostly just family then. It was the people who were the closest to us and it just didn't get out of control. So you can also do the opposite by saying, we'll keep it short so that way we're not cherry picking and who's going where and how many people do you have and then I need to add this many. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And create whatever quote unquote rules or whatever it is around it. But first and foremost, make sure that the people that you're definitely including are people that are going to be there for you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. So I want to get into the next thing, which is having a mixed gender wedding party. What this means, it it is completely okay to have someone of the opposite sex on your, again, quote unquote side. And I think y'all get what we're saying when we say sides here. Obviously, there's like no team, but (laughs) there kind of is. It's like the people that you're getting ready with, the people that you're taking photos with and traveling with and all that stuff. So when you're looking at this mixed gender wedding party, it opens up the doors in a whole new way to say like, okay, well, who do I really want to include? If you're a bride who's getting married, that is really close with her brother. And you want your brother to be your man of honor. What a wonderful thing. Same thing for if a groom has a great sister or cousin to have a best woman, there's bridesmen and groomsmaids, and you can get rid of gender entirely and just make them your best people or your best person or your VIPs or that word Dan used earlier, the inner circle, flower children. It's all good. My longest friend, Megan, I'm the reason her and her husband are together. Like I introduced them. Her and I became very close friends, like just before ninth grade in high school, still a longtime friend, but it wasn't a thing when they got married 10 plus years ago, but we talk about it now. She's like, I just wish I would have said, screw it. And just had you on my side. Like I was on Greg's side, but it's just such a great thing to see some of these things that really don't matter that much, just kind of get worn away. We all have people who are very close to us, who wouldn't fit into a typical role in our party. So it's like, what rule is there that says like, no, 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 this is the person who I've been friends with for a very long time. I'm going to continue to be friends with them. They need to be by my side. They're the person who means the most to me. I don't care what they're going to wear or what side they're on. They need to be with me. Right. Because ultimately your wedding party extends beyond just the person or the group of people that are standing with you at the altar at your ceremony. These are often the people that are getting ready with you. They're the people that are like spending those like pre-wedding events. If there's showers or bachelorette parties or bachelor parties or whatever it is that you have going on, these are the people that are directly involved in that. And it doesn't mean that that stops there, but to extend it and include those that really mean the most to you, I think is so good. The only part of when you start mixing like that is that you want to keep in mind what everybody's needs are when they're getting ready. So if there are women that are technically with a group of men, still see if they want to get hair and makeup done. You know, maybe she still wants to get hair and makeup. So figure out ways to accommodate that. And same goes for the guys. Like, do they need to get shaves in the morning? Like, don't kind of try and put everything into one box. And then once it stops fitting to that box, be like, well, tough, it doesn't fit in the box. Look at your people as human beings and say, okay, what do we need when it comes to getting ready and kind of proceed from there? I just don't think you want to assume what anybody necessarily does or doesn't want based on their gender or their side. Yeah. And in all honesty, if this whole thing just sounds like too much and trying to pick certain people and all that stuff, just skip having a wedding party entirely. I'm seeing that more and more. And it's just nice. Flat out, I have never been a bridesmaid, but I know for a fact it is 
stupidly expensive to be a bridesmaid and it is really expensive to be a groomsman not nearly as expensive as it can be to be a bridesmaid with all the different things that come along with it and the dress and hair and makeup and if you're doing bachelor parties and all that kind of stuff i'm not saying that's the only reason why you don't have people on both sides but also permission here from the loudspeaker that you are more than welcome to just have no wedding party at all or just one person <laughs> Yeah, I think this is something I'm seeing more and more to the point where I'm no longer asking my couples and consults how many people are in your wedding party. I'm first asking them, are you having a wedding party? And it's kind of 50-50 now where some couples say, yep, we're having so-and-so and so-and-sos. And others that are like, yeah, no, we're just going to do the two of us. And we are going to include people in other parts of our day, but nobody that we're specifically labeling as the specific thing. And it's exactly for the reasons you mentioned. They don't want them have to dictate what they're wearing, you know, wear this necklace and wear these shoes and this bow tie and these socks and all this stuff. They're just saying like, you do what you got to do, but it doesn't automatically mean that you can't have like a group of people that get ready with you earlier that day or a group of people that do anything. They can still get ready with you, take photos with you, be a witness for your marriage license if you want. They can still give you a toast. They can still be part of the parties and the showers and all of that. I think the difference is, is there's no specific tire, which means less decisions, less money for them. No personal flowers that you have to get them. So less money for you no responsibilities for them, less pressure on everybody, more time for them to just enjoy themselves and no wedding party gifts, which means also less money for you. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I remember stressing so hard over my wedding party gifts because the guys in my group were not, they're very wide interests and I could not think of like one thing. So I ended up just being like, well, here's this watch, right? Like part of me just wishes we would have done nothing or I wouldn't have got them anything and just did like some other experience together or something like that. But the simplicity of having nobody who has to stand up there at the altar with you, right? Like whenever I think wedding party, that is the job that I typically think of, right? Like they're just going to stand up there and look happy and smiley and they stand in pictures for you. So you cannot have that official part, but still have your most special person do a toast for you or say something on their behalf about how they have been friends with you for a very long time and how they got you together and all that kind of stuff, right? There can still be special roles without the need to have them stand up there and be a prop. Exactly. And we go back to all the time, like, what are the guests going to think? If a guest leaves, they're going, can you believe somebody who was not wearing a boutonniere gave a toast like guffaw, right? Hopefully, 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 hopefully not going to happen. Somebody would absolutely do that. Exactly. But again, that's more their problem than it is yours, <laughs> because that's what they are thinking about. It's really up to you when you challenge the thought of, oh, well, what does it look like if we don't have a wedding party? My thought immediately would go to, oh, but I don't want to spend the whole day getting ready by myself. Like I want my friends there and I want my cousins there, whoever it is, you can still absolutely do that. And another thing to consider is if you're having a hard time because you love all these people and you've been together for a while as a couple, you can also skip having the sides entirely. Nothing says that there has to be sides or teams. You can just have a group of people that mean something to both of you, mutual friends, mutual coworkers, I guess. I don't know, but like 
there's people probably in your lives that you're both friendly with and both mean something to you. You don't have to label them as team you or team them. Yeah. I think that idea of having just the wedding party come to your bachelor bachelorette party or just your wedding party members getting ready with you in the morning is so limiting, right? Like I remember Danielle and I, like our friend group all went to this wedding last year and it was so exciting. Like when I heard that Erker, the groom, was having everybody just come to his room to hang out in the morning prior to the wedding. I was so excited because there were friends of mine who were also in part of his groomsmen and being able to be there. He opened that up to other people, to friends, to play beer pong and all that stuff. And it was just fun to be on the receiving side of that rather than just photographing it. I feel like that goes back to what we've talked about before in other episodes where when you were the couple in the spotlight that day. You were the most popular kid in that room. There's a glow that comes off of you. Everybody just wants to feed off of that energy. And yeah, getting invited to spend that time in Urker's room and just hang out. Like, I know you were loving it. I remember vividly walking down the hallway of the hotel and hearing your voice booming out of the room and being like, well, Dan's having a great time in there. (laughs) I don't know if he's supposed to be in there, but he's having a grand time. And it's just fun, right? Especially if you're a person that you're maybe having a little bit of nerves or anxiety around being in the spotlight, you can surround yourself with the people that make you feel good and that make you feel like, yeah, this is great. And I'm excited. And maybe take your mind off of the fact that you're like about to stand up and say your vows or, you know, your first dance, whatever you're nervous about, you can fill your morning and your afternoon and your life with these people. Yeah, seriously. Like when we got to the hotel that day, just getting there and texting Erger and being like, hey man, super excited for this afternoon. Have a great morning. And he's like, bro, I'm in room 210. Let's go. Like, come on down. To be on the receiving end of that moment is so amazing that the special person, the couple who's the center of attention for the day that they want to spend time with you and they're specifically requesting you, it's a light, right? Like that they're choosing to spend time with you. So if you get to be that person and include others in your getting ready and other special times throughout the day, that's amazing. And a receiving person is going to lose their mind over that. (laughs) Right. At the same time, this is where you want to know yourself because If having that many people or an energy like my good friend Dan here, (laughs) if that feels like a little too much for you to digest in that moment, don't feel like you have to accommodate those people. You can accommodate and make them feel special in many, many other ways. If you want to spend the morning of your wedding getting ready on your own or getting ready with your partner, that is also all okay. It's not like, well, I have a wedding party and we have to do all these things. Everybody will be just fine. Yeah, obviously, I am somebody who is very high energy and all that stuff. No, really? I guess you could say that. I mean, yes. My bird personality is a peacock. I love to be the center of attention a little bit. But that goes without saying that I also feel like I get all spectrum of couples. You know, in October, just this past year, it was me, the bride, and her mother getting ready. And then she sent her mother away. And she just like sat down on the end of the bed. And I took a couple pictures of her just sitting there, like kind of taking it in. And it was good that she was able to be comfortable around me to just like shut everything off. And I was like, all right, I'm going to let you be for a little bit. And she's like, thank you. She didn't want the music blaring and bottles popping. It was, I'm going to take a couple minutes and center myself and get excited and anticipate what's about to happen. So both ways are totally fine. See, that's interesting. I think it takes a very... um I don't want to use the word strong person because that's not quite the word I'm looking for. But basically what I'm trying to say is it takes a lot to have your favorite people there and to risk looking like 
somebody who's trying to be a diva or that bridezilla word we hate that like, Hey, y'all, I need a minute, right? Like that's a hard road to navigate gracefully. And how great of her to be like, Hey, thank you for giving me a little bit of space. That's really awesome of you. Like, it sounds like she handled that really well. And I wonder what our ringers could do if they're like, Oh, I have no idea what I'm going to be like in that situation. Like this is a whole new territory for me. Maybe that's where you talk with your closest person and say, Hey, can we come up with like a hand signal that if I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed, can you kind of not be the bad guy, but can you kind of be the person to be like, Hey, let's give her some space or let's give him some space right now. And let's clear out, let's go take care of this. And that way it doesn't look like it's you. And not to say we're putting the blame on somebody else, but they're kind of like being your wing person in that moment to allow you to get what you need without you having to be like, y'all get out of my hair for 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways you can structure that. I think it all depends on the delivery. Like there's a million ways that you could approach that. But generally speaking, most people are going to say, okay, I get that. I hope that most people would say that unless depending on how you ask. But, you know, I really believe and I really hope that if you said, I'm going to take a couple minutes, I'm going to meditate or do something. Um, guard the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's where I think making sure that you're including the people who you want to include that will understand where you're coming from, from that place of your heart, support you in that moment or any moment that you need it, who you pick to be in your wedding party or who you don't pick to be in your wedding party. All of those things eventually shake out to really matter because it's important important that those people are a positive support system for you. You don't want that day to be thinking about like, wait, were they just like talking crap about me and how I look at my wedding day attire? Or like, why did they have that such a big opinion about this? Like, you don't want to be in that headspace. That is not a fun headspace to be in. So if you approach who you want to be in your wedding party and know that they're a person that's going to hundred percent have your back, that is so good. But I do think it's important as you ask that person to have a conversation about expectations, not to say is like, you know, if you're going to be in my wedding party, you need to be on your best behavior. It's not so much that, but a lot of times resentment builds up because suddenly someone says, yes, I'll be your bridesmaid, maid of honor, groomsman, whatever it is. And then it turns into, oh, I need to do what? And I need to buy what? And I need to go where I do all these things. So consider what you expect of them. And as you ask them, make sure there's a way you can kind of explain what that means to you, because I think it also means different things to different people based off of the past wedding parties that someone may or may not have been in. Yeah. When we were having my bachelor party, I extended it to a whole bunch of different guys and it was like 200 bucks, I think for the night, which is like nothing. At least I thought it was like nothing. And apparently there was some drama in my group of people. And one of my friends was like, dude, don't even think twice about it. He's like, why is it not $1,000? He's like, I'm here. We're going to go have a great time. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have a super fun party. We're going to chop wood and do man things. And it's going to be amazing. And he's like, $200 is nothing. And if that's the problem that they're going to have, forget it. That is not something that you need to deal with. That is something that's on them. And they don't have to come if they don't want to. Right. And like no hard feelings. Like if someone said like, hey, that's not in my budget right now. All good. No hard feelings. Totally get it. Nothing but love. Right. But it's just so nice to have that support of somebody to redirect me into a positive line of thinking, right? Because I'm not going to have animosity towards anybody who's like, oh, no, man, I can't afford that because I was definitely in places in my life where my bank account had $5 in it. So I get that. But yeah, it's just important to have those people around you who are going to support you in all parts of this experience. 
For sure. And we didn't really talk about this too much, but I think kids are also a really big factor for some couples. I think couples fall on one side or the other very clearly that there's either kids in their lives that they want to be part of the wedding party or absolutely (laughs) there are no children. Like it's so interesting. We actually did an entire episode on this. This is episode 83, where we talked about involving kids in your wedding plan. So we get into it a whole lot there, but Overall, when it comes to kids, specifically in your wedding party, not necessarily invited to your wedding or not, you really want to consider the age of those kids because some ages are super, super cute, y'all, but boy, do they add a layer of stress for everyone. The child, their parents, you, the extended family beyond that, not because kids are needy. What's a better word than that? I don't know, but they require a lot. They have routines, they have schedules, they have needs. They don't often understand up until a certain age, what's really happening on a wedding day. And you're really shifting their whole life upside down that day and they feel it and many times react to it. Yeah. Sometimes they don't have any capability to express themselves. And what they really wanted was just a whole strawberry, but you cut it in half. And so now they're on the ground kicking and screaming and punching things and throwing plates and food everywhere just because they wanted a whole strawberry, but they don't have language to tell you about that. So do you want that hurricane in the middle of your wedding? No. (laughs) Dan, I sensed that that story might have been based on a true story. Everything's fine. (laughs) Hashtag dad life. Yeah, I think until you have kids or until you're around kids on a very regular basis, it's really tough to understand why you can't just reason or provide very sound logic for why they're acting the way they are over a thing that you're like, but it's a strawberry. I gave you the whole strawberry. All I did was cut it in half. Like the logic is still very much there. There's there's crackers on your plate. There's crackers right on your plate. You can, can can I have the box here? Daddy has the box. There's crackers. There's crackers on your plate. Just take the crackers, crackers (laughs) on your plate. (laughs) For those of you that have children in your future, look what you have to look forward to. It's so awesome when they're just like, dad, you're the only thing that I need right now. Exactly. But hey, on a wedding day, when you as a couple are getting married, especially if the kids in your wedding party are not your own children, which that's a whole other layer to all of it. But when they're not your own children, it is really tough to navigate keeping the space around you calm and stress-free and somewhat controlled. Kids add a layer of like uncontrollability to all of it that you have to kind of ride that wave with. So wrapping it up, what do you think? Final thoughts, Dee? I just think you need to do what's best for you. There's no right or wrong. And there's really more room to quote unquote, break the rules than ever before. And if you take anything from this episode, it's just allow yourself to think a little bit outside the box. You are very much not alone in that frame of thinking and you have our support 100%. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Put A Ring On It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, we just want to send some love and gratitude and hugs to all of our patrons in the Ringer Club. We would not be here without you. Thank you so much. You are the best. Absolutely. And let's be real. Things are way easier when you have a solid support system who is going through it right alongside you. So please join the Ringer Club community today at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Just click the link in our show notes. The Ringer Club is the best way to support the show and receive direct access to Danielle and I. Plus, you have an entire community of Ringers helping too on Facebook. 
Membership is just eight bucks a month and we have a limited number of spots available at a lower monthly rate where you get all the same benefits. Again, that's patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Another way you can support the show is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some of our behind the scenes shenanigans. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Okay, ringers. Remember, we're here to help you. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding's going to be amazing. Because you rock. Until next time, ringers. Dad joke? Yep. You ready for this one? It's going to be amazing. It's more of a knee slapper than... Love a knee slapper. I got two knees too, so that's good. Hey, double knee. You want to say hi to your knee? (laughs) (laughs) That was it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I said to my daughter... Can a parrot eat a whole banana? She goes, ha, 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 ha. trick question. Because Polly wanted a cracker. I said, no, one parrot can't eat a whole banana by itself, but a two can. Very nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> crushed it. Crushed it.